to MCU Rewatch, your path to Avengers Endgame. I am your host, Mark Turcott, and we finally made it to this one. We are here this episode talking about Avengers Infinity War. And to break it down with me, first up, Mr. Paris Lily. Paris, what's up, man? I think Nebula said it best in this movie. He did it. He did it. I... I stunned i was in stunned silence in in that moment that's that's infinity war for me that'll always be my lasting memory nice you know what i'm gonna say paris we did it that we made it yeah. to- <laughs> yes, we, did. Yes, we, we made did. it to infinity war uh yeah. let's see and joining us here to round out our trio swain swain what's up man here i am to talk about the movie i've watched the most in the last year uh. this is hands down the most rewatched movie between its re- its release on DVD and today, because it didn't. I I I know this movie like back of my hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to admit I didn't do a rewatch on this one because there was no need, man. There's no need, right? <laughs> yeah, I enough. almost yeah. I almost didn't, but I actually did today. I did just kind of on my lunch break. I was actually kind of skimming through some of it. Uh, but Swain, this is your most rewatched movie, so you got to know it so well. So what's the plot for this movie? If you had to sum it up real quick. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. The snap. All right, guys. Well, on this episode, we're obviously going to be talking about our rewatch here of Avengers Infinity War. But also at the end of the episode, we're going to be going more into just some predictions leading into Endgame. I don't know how you're listening to this. If you're listening to it the day before you saw Endgame or maybe you're standing in line waiting to go into Endgame or you're in the theater or hell, even you could be listening to this two or three years after Endgame came out. Uh, but we will, we're going to go through our uh, predictions on this episode and then the next episode, which will be coming out, I'm thinking Tuesday after Endgame releases, will be a full-on spoiler cast for the movie. So I'm just going to throw that out here right now at the top of the show. If you've not seen Endgame, by the time you get to the next episode, number one, I don't even know why you're listening to this episode, uh, but do not listen to the next episode because we will definitely be spoiling it all. But uh, where do you guys want to start with Infinity War? I mean, actually, you know, I just want to say one thing, I think, at the top of this movie. And every movie that comes out, we always talk about where it fits kind of in our tops. And this is the one movie that I honestly just have the hardest time not making it my number one. And the reason I say that is, you know, I watch Civil War or not Civil War, like Winter Soldier. And oh, my God, that's my number one. But there's something about this movie that to me is just absolutely incredible that. I mean, we say it, Thanos, that he did it. I see this and I say, they did it. I they, agree. They pulled all these characters together over a 10-year span and were able to just... I, I mean, I, I never, nobody in a million years ever thought we'd be seeing this on screen, right? It's The no. only thing Insane. that could upend Infinity War for my number one spot would be Endgame. Like, it yeah. has the ability to do that. Like, it'll be one, two, depending. But... I'll, like you said before, Paris, I will forever remember watching this in theaters. Mm-hmm. Like, and seeing, like, that reaction at the end, like, that that whole last sequence, like, s- will stick with me forever. Like, it's just beautiful. You could hear a pin drop. In, oh, I yeah. I guarantee you every single theater the where this was shown, the pins theater. dropping. Yep, and sniffles and all that happening in the theaters. I mean, just... Oh. Like, crazy the like ah, it's, it's so hard to describe but it is an event 
it's not mm-hmm. just a movie. It's it's a much larger experience than uh, any of the other single movies. Like yes, so like Captain America: Winter Soldier is an amazing movie. It is up there. Thor: Ragnarok is up there, but none of those were huge events that like made like i've been obsessing about this for like a year now like just thinking about it all the time talking with friends thinking up theories doing this podcast because of infinity war it's just it's some next level it's why you go to the movies opening night because like 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 you already said that being in that crowd being in that theater with hundreds of other like-minded fans of the mm-hmm. MCU who are all there for the same thing. I'm, I'm telling you, from the moment Thanos materialized into Wakanda until he did the little head nod smile at the very end when the credits rolled, like you said, you could hear a pin drop. If anything, there were tears. That, yeah. that, was, oh, yeah. that was it. That was it. Every, I was holding my breath the entire time because I didn't know what was going to happen. Like they kept tricking me every time. Like, is he not? Is he? uh, Oh my God, he did. And you know, just everything about it was, it was amazing. It really was. It it was an event. Like you, like you said, Swain, that's what infinity war is. It's, it's funny. Like you said, you guys put it number one and I've always fought to not put it number one because I almost feel like it's incomplete because we're going to get the second half of it here in, in, in nine days. But when you think about the the fact that they were able to pull this off the way they did, that you got all of these Marvel characters you had at that point, 10 years of storytelling to get to that point. We knew what it was about. They did not hold our hand once in that movie and stop to explain things. They were like, um, we know you're a fan of this. We know you've been watching yeah. this for 10 years. Let's go. Oh. And that's what they did from the start to the end. It was mm-hmm. great. It's so ballsy, too, just to, like, they, at the end of this movie, they killed half of everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they dropped the movie and said, okay, wait a year. Yep. And it was just like, who? No one else could do that. Like, no one else could just, like, <laughs> cliffhanger you that hard. Yep. Except for these guys. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, have you ever talked to people who are more casual MCU fans and maybe haven't seen all the movies, a lot like I'm, I, first people that come to my head are the, a lot of the people I work with because I, you know, I work in a pharmacy and they're not all as geeky and nerdy and as some of the stuff as I am. And not to say all people that work in a pharmacy aren't that way, but they just <laughs> they don't really, you know, they'll go see like Captain America and they'll go see like the Iron Man movies, but they didn't go see Ant Man, you know, they didn't go see sure. Thor Ragnarok. Some of the like, you know, just movies that are kind of oddball movies out there. They were just like, nah, I'm not gonna go see that. So when they went to see this, because I was buzzing about it, like, you need to go see Avengers Infinity War. It's incredible. It's amazing. And they all hated it. And they hate it. But to me, that was like justification for really how good the movie was. The sure. fact that it almost required you to have this wealth of knowledge and that it they their reason for hating it was not really because they didn't understand who the characters were or anything. It was just because it was so sad and just so dark. And they were like, how could you enjoy that? Everybody died. You know, this <laughs> you had this villain whose whole just his mindset was to just destroy half of the population of the universe. However, you know, we talk, we've been talking about the villain issues that Marvel's had. This uh, Thanos, to me, as great as Killmonger was in Black Panther, and I remember we talked about that he's probably the realest villain that we had. 
the way they explain for at least for me why Thanos is doing what he's doing, you couldn't help but almost to understand it. As terrible as it is, he basically says, "I go to these or I go to these areas, and I know there are people there that are suffering because they're poor or they're famished or they're diseased, and the only way to fix it that I can see is if there was less of them, and I'm the only one that basically has the guts." Or just the, the what do you want to say, the balls or whatever. To do it, I'll take it on as my own, as my burden, and I'm going to do it. And that's what he does. And really, in the end, he's trying to help people. He's not doing it in the, the best of ways, obviously. But that's ultimately what he's doing, right? I mean, he's trying yeah. to help other people. Just his way of doing it is obviously the completely wrong way. And, you know, they, they are able to kind of just sell you on the idea that this is a guy who really feels like he's doing the right thing to the point where he kills the only thing that he loves. I mean, that was today when I'm rewatching it again. Every time I see that scene, I just, it, I, they were able to take a, a CGI character in Thanos who looks very much like Josh Brolin. I mean, you can see Josh Brolin in it, and I'm sure the mocap on it was just, you know, the, the, the way they were able to grab it was just incredible. But that scene is so emotional. I... I it's no, it is. It, it absolutely is. And then I think, because I know we're hopping all, all across all the over. movie, yep. that that's why when he does the snap and he goes into the soul world, he sees Gamora yeah. the way that he loves her as mm -hmm. the little girl. And she asks him, did you do it? And what was the cause? What and the fact that you? he says, and when he says everything. everything, he is saying, I had to sacrifice you. You, you were everything to me. Yep. And that's and then that's how you create a villain, a villain who, you know, is a bastard, you know, has to go. But in that tiny moment, you actually could sympathize with him. Yeah. Of he did what he thought was for the greater good. That's why I love the conversation he had with Dr. Strange, yes. where he's he's not lying. He's not being facetious. He's like, look, here's why I'm doing it. And I think I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm the only one who has the will to, to be able to do this. Yeah. You know, what What did he say? Something like the strongest will. Ah, I forget the saying he says. He says at one point in the movie, I think, talking to Gamora about why he's doing what he's doing. And it was true. He felt the the conviction that I, I know it sounds crazy, but what happened on Titan proved me correct. And I have to go do this now. Hmm. I have no choice. It is my destiny to actually go out here, collect these infinity stones and wipe out half the universe, you know, for the greater good. Yeah. Swain, what you got? <laughs> Man, there's so much. It's a, it, it's first off, it's a long movie. It's got a lot of details in it and you go from earth to space, to Titan, to more space, to, to nowhere, back to earth, to Wakanda, to nowhere, like these are all places we've seen in the MCU before and all places that we're kind of familiar with, except Nivitalir. But uh, if we're going to jump around, I think the interaction between Thor and the Guardians is some of my favorite moments of this oh, movie. Yeah. It's just like the little bit where like he's passed out and they're all just like, Ooing and awing over this like god man that's in there in their ship it's it's so good but uh since i mentioned that in my head i was like oh wait my favorite movie favorite moment from this entire mo movie and the one that got the whole theater like roaring 
was Thor's entrance into Wakanda. Yep. Oh, that is that is the best. That is the best part of this movie is that moment where he just shows up and he is ready to destroy. And he's like, bring me Thanos. And And what does Banner say? Banner saying like, oh, you're in trouble now. You're all screwed. (laughs) That's what he says. Yeah. Great. It's it's such a good moment, and there's probably going to be some similar in this m- movie coming up, where we have a big moment, everyone's fighting, and the, something turns the tide. But It'll be the Hulk, It'll yeah, be the Hulk. probably the Hulk. It's gotta be right. You gotta have a Hulk scene, I think, in Endgame. Oh, hundred percent. I want yep. I want Captain Marvel supercharging the Hulk into like rage mode, then Hulk takes care of business. Oh, that'd be awesome. Um, I want I want to go back a little bit to the very beginning of the movie. What did you guys think? I think the first time you saw kind of the opening scene. I mean, we could kind of infer after Thor Ragnarok, kind of seeing the end credit scene that obviously they encountered Thanos. Um, I remember seeing the trailers and you saw Thor floating in space, and I I didn't actually think that we would see a moment like we see in the beginning of this movie where you straight dark. up very dark. I mean, the, the movie opens with Thanos just crushing Loki's throat basically in the first five ten minutes of the movie i don't i just didn't expect that at all and i remember seeing that and just you could tell the whole theater was just shocked like okay this is what we're doing in this movie like we're we're this is where we're going it says the stage for who thanos is like he shows up in the movie he barely has any infinity stones and he smacks around the hulk he kills loki he ties up thor and kills Thor's best friend. And then pieces out. And it's like, whoa, well, like just a whirlwind. And he just did it <laughs> casually. He casually does all of it. He doesn't even like have to really try. And then we see it in the Black Order when he's like, let him let him have his fun. Like it well, he's just toying with them at this point. <laughs> um it really sets the stage for how strong Thanos is. And the like the fact that he's just like as soon as he gets another Infinity Stone, he just like shrugs off his armor. He's like, "Okay, I'm good. Like, I don't even really need this anymore. I'm set." Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I think it was interesting too how when we have the whole scene where they basically go with Gamora and, and you basically have the Guardians going, um, to is that when they go to nowhere, right? To to see the Collector, and we get to see somewhat of the stones you know, creating bubbles coming out of the gun or the, the idea that, that Thanos can actually alter reality. You know, I think that was kind of setting the stage for just just the powers that Thanos is potentially going to have, you know, when you kind of have this combination of all these stones. Because as the audience, we didn't, haven't really gotten to see that so far in really many of the movies. Like, okay, well, what if you could turn back time? What if you could completely change reality? And it just shows you the power and just the well, abilities Well, no one else Thanos has been able have, to right? harness it is yeah like they don't they don't have a gauntlet uh we see a little bit in uh guardians when ronin uh has the like the power stone in his like hammer and he's able to wield it a little bit but no one has the gauntlet which is the perfect way to control the stones mm-hmm. so hmm. what do you got paris what are, any other things you want to bring up here I think with just uh, uh, them for the film because because there's so much to talk about. So just jump around. I mean, what do you got? Yeah, yeah. I I, I would also have to say one again. I, I feel like the, from the start of the movie all the way up until we get the the Guardians was just so action packed. 
right? Just at the very start. And I, I'm such a Spider-Man fan. I just love uh, even though they gave away a little bit of it in the trailers, when Peter shows up on the bus without hesitation, goes into action, and then you kind of forget about him for just a minute or two while Iron Man's fighting Cold Obsidian, and then Spidey's there. Hey, man. Yep. <laughs> Casual. Once oh, again, dude. Ca- showing yes. how powerful yes. Spider-Man is, just casually grabbing the wet, like his big claw hammer yep. thing and just being like, hey, what's going on? Like, just <laughs> on a trip to the MoMA. And then, yeah, and then, uh. you know, and then obviously everything happens with there, and then, you know, he gets he gets stuck on, on the ship going up, and we get the Iron Spider suit. I just remember the theater freaking losing it in, yep. in that moment. And, again, these, these are the things, like I said, why you go to the movie theater, because it's just that being in that crowd, and it's just so infectious, the, the excitement, because we're seeing things on the screen that me as a kid, I only dreamed of. I ne- never in a million years that I think we would actually see this come to life where we had all of our favorite heroes together, yeah, you know, f- dude, just, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I can't gush enough. Well, you know, or, another or scene movie. where the crowd cheered was when you have uh, Scarlet Witch and Vision basically being attacked. You know, by by the Black Order, Ooh. essentially, too. And then you have, like, what is it? A, a train goes by, and then there's Cap standing there. And just I remember the theater just going crazy right there, like, so There's so many moments like that in this movie. And, I, I, you know, I have a friend who, and he's one of the people that, like I said, is kind of like, eh, kind of hot and cold in the MCU. And he just felt that this movie didn't really spend enough time with each character. He's like, man, it just seemed like they just shoved everybody in here. And I was like, but you know what? Like... I didn't feel that way at all because everybody's story, they had a purpose for being in here. You know, there was a reason why Spider-Man is where he is with Tony and Doctor Strange on that ship. There's a reason why Rocket and Thor go off and do their thing. There's a reason why everybody kind of got paired up. And and part of that is if you've seen all the other movies, you know, it, it just made sense that for their characters and how we've gotten to know them, what would they do in this situation? And to me, I think they were just were able to put it all together just in this perfect you know, a little mix where they're all the characters, their motivations and everything just seemed to make sense to me and what they were doing. Um, I don't know. I, I, I love even uh, one of my favorite scenes too. And I remember everybody kind of laughing was the, uh, the Ross roadie scene. And that's when cap shows up, you know, at, at uh, the, the tower and Ross sees him and, and he tells roadie, you know, go ahead and court martial him or whatever. And he's like, yep. Throws him out of the way. And he's just like, how's it going, man? They just kind of like, you know, shake hands. That was a big roar. I remember in the theaters too. There's um, some, some respect there from Cap to Tony too, because he's like, "Earth just lost its best defender. That's right. We're here to fight." Yep. yep. Doesn't even think it's him. And what does he say? Something he says uh, to Ross too, something about like, you know, if, if you get in our way or whatever, we'll fight you too. Or if you try to stop us, we'll fight you too. Yeah. So he's just ready to. Yeah, run. yeah. I mean, oh. Cap. Hey, Cap was was all business at that point. Now, a moment that I thought was lost in that particular scene was they should have had the confrontation between Ross and Banner. Mm. Yeah. That would have been, that would have been the ultimate callback. Ross was gone to, by to the time the, Banner came out. Right. I think exactly. This, yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, they hadn't seen each other supposedly since the incredible Hulk. I mean, since 2008 would have been the last time that wow, these two characters interacted. Yeah. Hmm. That would have been just an, an awesome callback in that moment. But, um, I have to say this, and this is a little foreshadowing going into Endgame. Um, I mean, we really saw Rhodey start to step up a little bit in, in that moment. 
and I worry about his health going into the next movie. I, yeah. I, I almost think they're starting to build up Rhodey to tear him down in the end. Yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, man, but out of, yeah. out of all the big heroes, he's probably yeah. the one that... Not yeah. to say nobody's going to be sad over. I mean, we've almost lost him once before, so I think that would be pretty tragic to actually potentially yeah. lo- actually lose him. But, you know, he's a character that I, I don't I don't think people would be as sad as they would be I think for people like Tony and all that, you know? I think we're right. Like, it's going to... I don't think he does so well in Endgame. Um, but and I think that shows in the trailers where you see war machine get he gets at least two more upgrades on his suit there's a there's a mark six that is yeah. in one mm-hmm. of them and he is currently at four so two more upgrades in there somewhere maybe it's the the war machine buster that the lego set has who knows who knows what do you guys but think i'll care i'll care about roadie <laughs> since no one else does what do you guys think of the fact that they didn't actually have the Hulk in this movie? I mean, you know, everybody knows we had that original trailer. You see the Hulk running across Wakanda. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, I think it just almost seemed like it was going to be a given that he was going to be in it and would be, you know, coming out at the very end, especially how they played it off. So it was almost more shocking that he wasn't. So that's probably why they went that route. Um, but I, I don't know. Like, I was kind of bummed out when I walked out of there. I was like, the Hulk is the one that really could have turned the tides, and I wish we could have seen him. Come in, and I'm sure it'll pay off in Endgame when he does eventually appear. But what do you guys think of it? Just kind of that whole dynamic. In the moment, didn't like that because it it just so seemed to be set up that Hulk was going to bust out of that Hulkbuster at the end, right? That seems just like what they were setting up for, and we didn't get him. And obviously, this was the prime example of the Russo brothers with the fake moments in the trailers because we saw Hulk and Wakanda, so we just assumed we'd see him in in the movie. Um, at the moment, I didn't like it, but now here we are nine days away from, from part two. And I'm actually glad they took that. If we get the redeeming moment for Hulk against Thanos here in Endgame, which I'm assuming we will, as long as we get that payoff, that makes the weight even, even sweeter right. in my opinion. Yeah. If I think one of my, uh, or go ahead. What do you guys win? I was going to say there's a probably only one being that could wield a gaunt a stark gauntlet and uh i think it's the hulk hmm we'll see uh another character that i like and kind of i think he really came into his own in this was definitely dr strange i mean we get to see him as the sorcerer supreme not only just in the initial scenes when they're in new york but then even the fight on titan and the way he's able to, you know, work with Spider-Man, work with um, Star-Lord. And then, of course, we get the awesome scene when he kind of has all the arms come out and he's fighting Thanos. And then all the different versions of him just go flying around Thanos. It's just really neat to see him just take his powers to the next level. Because we never really get to see that in Doctor Strange, the movie, so much. Um, so that was one of my takeaways. I remember when I initially saw it, it was like, wow, like Doctor Strange, man. He he brought it in this movie for sure. I love it. There's... There's definitely a little bit of me that says, since Doctor Strange knew what's going to mm-hmm. happen, mm-hmm. he didn't go full Doctor Strange on him. He could have. He could have. Mm-hmm. Like, There's a lot of people that are like, oh, he could have just cut off his hand. Well, that's not the solution. He knew the solution. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I mean, always yeah. keeping that in the back of my head that like any moment in there, like even the moment when they almost have the gauntlet off, I'm like, you know, Doctor Strange oh. knew this had to happen this way, yet he didn't. He didn't get uh, more involved in that moment. 
Yeah, if we can pause on Doctor Strange j just for a second, because, yeah, you bring up the great point. If, if you go back and watch, you can literally see his entire mentality change after he went forward in time. Because at that point, he knew what the one outcome of the 14,605 he saw, he knew what had to happen to set up that one event. Because before that, I mean, him and him and Stark obviously were at odds, which was perfect. The two biggest egos in the MCU going at it was great. But he clearly told Stark, hey, I will let you and, <laughs> and Peter die to protect the Time Stone without question, I, without hesitation. I like the idea that he experiences all of those 14 million. Yeah. Like, I like the idea that he actually got to spend time. Yeah, he like, he per essentially it. pauses time so he can experience it. And that's where his, like, respect for Tony comes out of nowhere. Like, it feels yeah. like all of a sudden he's like, oh, he, he is 100% on Tony's, like, Tony's yep. side. And you see it, obviously, when he gives up the time zone for Tony to live. And it's just like, oh, yeah, that's that's right there. Super important that Tony lives. Tony has to have a huge part in what the solution is, because yeah. he might he probably he probably watched Tony over and over again die. Like, yeah, through, through well, think that, of like him with the, Dormammu. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, there's also the great fan theory that. Strange, like obviously with, with with Peter Quill, it's like, why didn't you stop him? The whole thing that Doctor Strange purposely went through scenario after scenario to perfectly sync up when he gave him the time stone so that by when he did the snap, <laughs> that Scott Lang would be in the quantum realm at the same exact time. Because it was, yeah. think about it, it was perfect timing that Scott Lang. So you, if you think about it from that sense, he, he knew that Tony Stark had to live. But also he knew that Scott Lang had to be stuck in the quantum realm because the quantum realm obviously protected Scott Lang from getting dusted. Mm -hmm. And he needed him to survive and come out of the quantum realm wherever that, he did. That's a good question, Paris. Do you think it actually protected him or was it just so. the odds? Because we, when we watched it recently, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, my wife said, she's like, what are the chances that all three of them outside get dusted and he doesn't? And, you know, I just jokingly I'm saying, well, it's 50-50, right? It's a 50% 50, 50 chance no matter what. But, like, all three of them get dusted. I mean, you would think, you know, one out of every two people would. So one of them, odd-wise, should have survived. So could Scott just be the one that survived? Or was see, it actually the quantum realm that protected him? Yes. See, that's what I think. I think. I know we're getting super nerdy now. No, that's I the think, point. I think that <laughs> Scott, would, Scott was taken out of the equation of the snap doing the 50-50. He was no longer a part of the equation because he yeah. no longer existed in that reality. You know, or that dimension, whatever yeah, you want to okay. call it, because he's inside the quantum realm at that point. Like Swain brought up during the Ant-Man and the Wasp episode that, you know, go watch it. If you line up the snap when Scott Lang is in the quantum realm, you see the quantum realm light up. But does the but do the Infinity Stones actually have power inside the quantum realm? I mean, obviously, this is something we'll find out um, when, we, when we go to Endgame. We don't know. But we do know that the Time Stone does work in another dimension because it worked under Mamu. Yeah. So we do know so we do know that, but we don't know if it specifically mm. works in the quantum realm or not. I mean again, this is where you can get super nerdy <laughs> with it when you have a, a year of speculation and all that. But but going back just sticking with Doctor Strange a little bit more. Yeah, dude, I, I don't think we got full Doctor Strange. I think we got 75% 
Sorcerer Supreme in that moment against Thanos, which was such a kick-ass scene oh, so to see him actually just go all out. But he knew he ultimately had to fail. And he knew that Tony Stark had to come in when he did. And again, I don't know if we just want to roll right into that scene. The confrontation between Thanos and Stark. I mean, the two futurists, the two characters in the MCU that will do whatever they think they need to do to protect the world. Because this mm -hmm. basically is what Stark was doing in Age of Ultron. Why he created Ultron. He wanted to put a shield around the world, right? Created Ultron would wind up being more trouble than it was. Same with Thanos. He lost Titan. He felt he needed to save the universe, which is why he went and hunted down all the Infinity Stones. And I love the fact, and maybe we'll get more backstory on this in Endgame, that Thanos knew who Stark was. That I And I've always just gone by the theory that since Stark was the one that put the nuke and took out the Chitauri yeah. in the first Avengers, Thanos wanted to know who did that. So at that point... He became just as obsessed with Tony Stark as Tony Stark became as obsessed with Thanos. So when he met, he fought him, and that's why he told him, I respect you. You know, I'm, half humanity is going to live. I hope they remember you. Because he wasn't killing Stark because he's just an evil villain. He was killing him because he knew that ultimately Stark was his greatest threat. Yeah. But then when, then when obviously Dr. Strange said, well, spare him. I'll give you the time stone. All right. Time Stone's more important than Stark. I can overcome my greatest threat because I'll have the Infinity Gauntlet. And I hopefully, I, oh. I think that's where they're going with it, going into Endgame. What did your theater do when Tony got stabbed? Oh my God, everyone was like, oh! <laughs> Everyone lost their minds. That's what happened. I think theater. I lost my mind too during yeah. that. I was like, oh my God, they're doing it. Yeah. The first thing I thought of, I was just like, wow, they're, they're actually going to do this. I can't believe it. Um, but of course, obviously, like you said, Doctor Strange does say, but I, dude, I, I love that. I mean, I, I know that because he says, what, Thanos, you've been in my head for six years, right? Didn't he say that? Like, mm -hmm. you've been in my head for, yep. these, for the last six years or whatever it is. Uh, but I don't think I ever actually thought so much that, you know, Thanos really necessarily looked at Stark as a threat. But, uh, yeah, that completely makes sense. That really but remember, he says, you're not the only one cursed with knowledge. Yeah. So, in other words, he has researched Tony Stark. He knows what Tony yeah. Stark is and what his potential could be. I mean, so... Think okay, that, that's the other thing to bring up with Thanos. If you think about it, once he got the space stone from Loki and took off the armor, he no longer felt threatened by anyone because he was literally the most powerful being there. And if you look at every interaction he had with anyone in that movie, he never tried to kill them. He only tried to incapacitate them to get the stones. He because think about it. He was in he control. He, he just Yeah. When he's on nowhere, he could have killed um, he could have killed Drax at that point, but instead he just used a reality stone and just turned him into whatever. And um, and let him come back together, you know. I mean, yeah, I, you, you think as an audience we think that's the end, but nope. When he leaves, yeah. they piece themselves back together. Right, and then obviously in Wakanda, he's not trying to kill anyone. All he wants is the Mind Stone, you know. Whereas he literally has five of the Infinity Stones. He could have wrecked havoc in Wakanda if he wanted to, but his goal was simply to get the Mind Stone. That's all he cared about. Hmm. So it, and, and then obviously we know going to Endgame, he puts the armor back on for some reason. So in Endgame, either he doesn't have the Infinity Gauntlet anymore, or something he something he feels is is threatening him that he has to put the armor back yeah. on, which. I can't wait the nine more days. <laughs> oh, so close. Actually, by the time many people are tuning into this Paris, it could be mere hours. 
hours, hours, hours for some people. Um, what else? Oh, well, you know, let's talk about Red Skull. I think popping back up. I mean, that was a big love shocker. That. I think love for many that. people, um, you know, and I love the fact that he's basically there. Um, and as much as he, cause he says, you know, I was chasing the stones just like you are. Uh, but he can't make the sacrifice to get the soul stone because number one, he's just he by loves himself nothing. there, but he loves nothing. Yep. And yep. so he explains that to Thanos. And you know, the fact that Gamora wasn't picking up on it right away was cause she's kind of like laughing at Thanos like, ha you failed, you failed. And then he's like, no, like, what does Red Skull say to her? He's like, or because he's crying, he turns around. That's right. He has a tear on his face, and he's like, yeah. no, he's not. He's crying for the tears you. Tears aren't for him. Yeah, yeah, they're for you. The Russos also mm-hmm. said that now that the Soul Stone's been uh, acquired by someone, the Red Skull's free to do uh, seek whatever he wants at this point. So, uh, Red, I, I, I saw this crazy theory a long time about what the Red Skull could do, um, and. It's a little little out there, but I'm a. I I think there's more story there. Oh, I I think so too. I I definitely think so. There's definitely (laughs) got to be more more to him, you know, as we go further into the MCU. Um, I I don't know. Do do we just want to cut to the chase and just cut to the actual snap and the repercussions? We got yeah. I think so. Yeah. Dude, I I I can just say for me because I I got to tell it from the standpoint of being in the theater. So, again. You know, he they you know, Scarlet Witch makes the sacrifice with Vision, destroys the stone. She's holding off Thanos with one hand, destroys the Mind Stone, destroys Vision. At that moment, I'm thinking, okay. And then with Thanos again, he has sympathy for her. You know, I understand my child, blah, 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 more than anyone knows. But now is no time to mourn (laughs) and uses the time stone and brings it back. And you're like, oh, Brings him back and just plucks the stone like candy. Which, by the way, Vision is made of vibranium, and he went through it like it was sheet like sheet nothing. paper. Yep. Yeah, it was crazy. But uh, then he gets the stone. You're thinking, oh my god, now what? Thor. And then when Thor comes in, I just remember the crowd erupting when he, you know, he throws Stormbreaker at him, right hits him in the chest, the chest and, and and then I, and in my mind, I'm thinking, did they change it? Are they not gonna? They're not gonna do the snap. He he said he won. I, it, there's gonna be something else. Something else is gonna happen. And then when he's like, "You should have gone for the head, dude," freaking silence in that theater, <laughs> just silence. Because I remember I gasped. I was like, <gasps> like I could not believe it. Could not believe it. And then you know we start seeing everyone first dusted. First one you see is Bucky. That's the first yeah, one. And you everyone's see, right? like, yeah, and everyone's oh. just like in shock. And then obviously the big one. When Peter goes, Spider Man, yeah, dude, and and I don't know if you know the trivia behind that. He improvised that scene. That yeah. wasn't in the script. That was all <clears throat> Tom Holland improvising. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. He that also whole thing. stuck around because of uh, his like his Spider Man yeah. abilities. Like he yep. his Spider Sense kind of kept them around much longer and dealing yeah. with the effect of the snap longer than anyone mm-hmm. else. But the moment that and and uh, he'll get mad that I'm saying this, but I have to say it. But the moment I'll <laughs> I'll never forget is you know my son Trey bawling because Pete this Tom Holland Peter Parker Spider Man is his favorite Spider Man. Yeah. He loves him to death, and he wasn't getting it. He thought he was gone. He he didn't realize he's he was bawling in the theater, and I had to console him. I had to let him know. I was like, don't worry. 
Tony's still around. They're, they're going to save the day. They'll be back. He goes, but he's good. You know, he's just crying. Yeah, he's not, yeah, not yeah. getting it, man. And then, you know, that got me in. Like, it wasn't just <laughs> yeah. him. It was like, there's other people. You could hear sniffles the all over. Yeah. Just, just real tears in that moment, man, because that's how effective that scene was at that time. The first time you see it, because Dude, that's why I'm so thankful. That's why I'm like Neo in the Matrix right now, dodging spoilers. I don't want to know anything. I went into Infinity War knowing nothing, nothing. Red Skull, all those moments were brand new to me. And I want that for Endgame as well. And I'm truly hoping they're able to replicate that going in the Endgame. Because, yeah, Peter Peter Parker getting dusted, all-time thing. Which then is the ultimate callback to Spider-Man Homecoming. When Peter on the ferry tries to save the day and then Iron Man has to come in, Iron Man scolds him after the fact and he goes, you know, if anything happens to you, that's on me. And yeah. then in that moment, it's on him. And and I, I really think that's going to carry over into Endgame that the weight of Peter dying in his arms like that is going to haunt him. That's the one that, you know, for, for, yeah, yeah, going. Like I said, I truly hope they have an Aunt May scene in Endgame where he has to tell Aunt May. I, I just hope so. I think that would be very mm, powerful. That would be great. And, you know, it's just interesting because the other character I kind of wanted to bring up was Nebula. And, like, what her role, I think, you know, in this, obviously, she's kind of the one that um, Gamora, you know, basically tells Thanos where the Soul Stone is because of just what the way he's treating Gamora, you know, basically tearing her apart literally. Um, so the fact that Gamora has kind of just her whole viewpoint on nebula has changed is interesting but the fact that she's the one that ends up with tony at the end you know really they're together now on titan which just such an odd couple of all of the characters i never would have thought the pairing of nebula and tony left in the bitter end and the ashes on titan is just such an interesting piece um and you know we obviously know somehow they're gonna have to work together right in uh in endgame to get back to the heroes back to earth i don't know exactly how that's gonna gonna play out i mean do you guys have any insight into how that relationship's gonna be in, in endgame at all i, I don't want to know <laughs> so i'm not looking i'm not trying to find out yeah i mean it's just that's gonna be interesting because i you know when you yep. watch it she's the one that says he did it you know he he's, yep. he did it um yeah i, I don't know man um Anything else, I guess, just in, in, term, in terms of Infinity War before we jump into some um, predictions that you guys want to mention? I mean, obviously, this is – you could tell from people listening, this is one of our all-time favorites. We've seen the movie countless times. Um, you know, I, th- I, wanted, I do want to just give a shout-out to Peter Dinklage. Him being in the movie, I thought, was fantastic. It was just, you know, so just a neat homage that he's always the little guy, the little dwarf. Of course, we all know him as Tyrion in Game of Thrones. But the fact that he's the tallest guy in this movie, I just thought was awesome. And I know the whole crowd, I remember in my theater, just, you know, screamed and shouted out loud when, when he appeared on screen. I, th- I think it was awesome. The fact that they uh, kind of put him in the movie in that sense was pretty neat. But uh, what were you going to say? I saw you starting to say something. Was it Paris? Were you going to say something? No. Or is that no? no Anything no. else on Infinity War, Swain? Oh, man. There's probably plenty I could say about Infinity <laughs> War. But uh, it's so close that the context will be... Like, be mood at that point. <clears throat> yeah, it'll be different. It'll be so different. <laughs> one one little pr- well, I say a little prediction, but one prediction I I do want to say in terms of I guess where Steve Rogers and Captain America or Captain America is going to go, and I think you brought it up before Paris how we want to see Steve get that dance, right? We want to have him go back, yeah. and I I almost wonder we we've, we've heard I say we've heard things, but I know that, you know there's been theories that maybe they're going to reset everything and that's kind of my prediction is to maybe that they there may be a choice 
on behalf of certain heroes who can decide, do you want your world to be reset per se? And I say that meaning like Steve, does he want to go back in time? Does he want to go back to the days when he was either Captain America back then? And could we potentially get another Captain America movie down the line taking place back in the 40s again? And could Red Skull potentially appear there again? So we know Red Skull was obviously disappeared from the reality of the former Captain America, obviously, with, with uh, that, the first movie, the first Avenger. But could we get another Cap with Steve going back to the past? Could we get another movie with Red Skull being the villain again back in the past? You know, like that's something that I think would be kind of neat if they did that. And then, then, you know, you carry forward, but we know we have a TV show of Falcon and Winter Soldier. That's one of the Mm -hmm. the Disney Plus shows. Does that show basically become the two of them kind of carrying the Captain America mantle rather than just being this buddy cop show, you know, just in the way the title scenes, just the two of them kind of acting on behalf of Captain America. And as many people know, if you've read the comics, the first one to pick it up is Bucky. And then eventually Sam Wilson, Falcon, becomes Captain America at some point. So the two of them, I think the show is going to translate that. So to me, it would make sense if you have those two being the Captain America of the current time, post-Infinity uh, or uh, Endgame. And then you have the original Cap going back in time. And they could revisit that years down the line. Chris Evans could come back, pick up the shield again, and it's Cap, a Cap adventure in the past again. I don't know. I, I, I think, I think all that's very possible. That. I, I think what comes out of uh, Endgame is something like the Illuminati where there's a group of people. I, well, I think it, it varies. I think there's good. And it's also in the, I think in the infinity gauntlet, like a uh, saga, there's people that remember everything that happened. And then there's some that don't remember right. a thing. And then there's some that have like a haunting memory of something happening. And I think we're going to have like a small group of the ones that know what happened. They have to keep it secret. And they they have to deal with that forever. Yeah. Like where they're just like this huge thing happened. Everyone was wiped out. There were sacrifices everywhere. And we can't talk about it. It's are, what's are holding we, the fabric of reality together. Yeah. Are we into speculation time now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why I'm, I brought uh, up that quick little okay. thing with with Cat, man. That's what I, I, I'm, I'm with Swain on what he's saying because I, I think it's a no-brainer that whatever happens in Endgame, Doctor Strange will remember all of it. Doctor <laughs> I mean, Strange. I, I, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he'll know. Yeah. He'll I think maybe Thor. Thor might know. Yep. Um, uh, if Tony makes it through, Tony would know. Well, do you think, like I said, they would have the choice? Like, imagine if it comes to the point where basically, like, and, and kind of a analogy to it was think about, um, I guess, Into the Spider-Verse is a bad analogy. But, like, at the very end of that movie, and it's like, you know, who's going to stay in this reality? Who's going to go back to their own? And they almost had a choice, kind of, to some extent. Of course, Miles is the hero, and he sends everybody on their way. But it's like, you know, could Doctor Strange be the one to say, like, do you want to remember? Or, you know, so essentially, like, like, um, you know, if let's say Scott Lang doesn't want to remember all the events and, and the, the tragic loss of, of Cassie, let's say Cassie is one of the ones that goes away, he can say no, but I still want to be the Ant Man. And everybody else I can see. forgets that he is the Ant Man. You know, like everybody, everybody who's out there publicly with their persona and people know who their actual, you know, who they are as the heroes, all that goes away. Like nobody knows who Captain America is anymore. I can see uh, uh, Scarlet Witch saying, I don't want to remember. 
because yeah. she doesn't want to remember any of the things that happened mm-hmm. like to vision she doesn't want to have that be a part of everything like she's got a pretty dark and crappy past <laughs> yep. so if she could choose to not remember any of it i think she would take and that you route. think when i say that too i even i'm even talking to the point of you know like certain events didn't happen like the attack on new york didn't happen and so the therefore like the zakovia accords never happened because that the ultron event never actually happened even though the avengers now still exist you don't have like ross on their butts saying you know you are criminals and all that because none of that ever happened so they get to just sure. be the heroes and, and no longer, you know, I mean, we've, it's kind of been a theme here in every episode we talk about here about all just the destruction, you know, that they, that happens in all these cities where they battle. None of that's ever happened. So they don't have to worry about that anymore. And now you can just move forward and maybe they're more conscious or conscious of when they battle enemies, which I mean, obviously you can't not cause the, the destruction, but um, I think it would just be interesting if they're able to basically reset everything, but then yes, yeah, still have those who do remember still be able to um, make sure they don't they don't make the mistakes of the past. I, I do think there'll be some flavor of that because, I mean, even if you just go by Spider-Man Far From Home, it's very apparent that everything gets reset to some normalcy. I mean, in some way, but there has to be some repercussion from everything that's happened from Infinity War going into Endgame that is lasting. And like you said, I think there'll be certain characters that will remember what happened. Now, I, I have, and this isn't my theory, so I, mean, I, I can't take credit for it, but I, I've seen it a couple places, and it really is starting to make me wonder. So if you go back as far as Age of Ultron, Tony Stark has been complaining in some form or another in every movie he's been in since about his left arm, either being numb, it's been injured, it's been in a sling. Various things keep happening to his left hand or left arm. We know the Infinity Gauntlet is on Thanos' left hand, right? Mm-hmm. Could this be them giving us a slight wink and a nod that Stark does indeed wield his own gauntlet and does a snap? And we know when Thanos did the snap, which again, that's, I guess that's something we didn't talk about either. When he does the snap, it almost destroys the gauntlet and he's injured. From yeah, you can it, right? see it's all busted, yeah. As powerful as he is, it injured him. So what would that do to a human? What would that do to someone like Tony Stark? But I just tell anyone, go back, especially go back and watch Civil War and watch Spider-Man Homecoming. You have Tony Stark complaining about his left arm a lot. And at this point, we obviously know Marvel knew exactly what they they were were doing leading up to this. So could this have been a little hint to the future of of what's going to happen with Tony Stark? And then there's another one that I have, which, again, I can't take credit for it. But and this goes all the way back to the original Iron Man. Whenever Tony Stark fails at something, he invents a way to to not have the same mistake happen again. Go all the way back to the original Iron Man, the icing problem. He realized what the icing problem was. He fixed it with the gold plating so that, the you know, the suit wouldn't freeze anymore. Ironmonger didn't know this. That's how he defeats Ironmonger. You then go to. Um, God, crap, I'm, I'm not thinking correctly. But you go to the fact that Rhodey, when he got shot by Vision in Civil War, he didn't have a parachute. What suit has a parachute the very next time we're, we see an Iron Man movie or Spider-Man or whatever? It's the Iron Spider suit. has yeah. a parachute in it, just in case, right? Send him home. 
Yeah. So he's always and there's another one and I'm not thinking of his head, but the point is he's always inventing a way to fix his mistakes. We obviously see he fights Thanos. He actually makes Thanos bleed, but ultimately he fails. I, I said it before, I'll say it again. We're at the Mark 50 at the end of the War. later. He goes yeah. 35 revisions to get to endgame. I guarantee you that, that Mark 85 will have some serious tricks up its yeah. sleeve. That combined with him hanging out with Rocket, who is a space wizard when it comes yes. to tech and kind of just coming up with things on the fly. Yeah. Uh, he, I think the addition of space tech and everything that he could get from those who know more, like even Wakanda, he could get stuff from Wakanda. He's got yep. so many resources. And I think, yeah, I think he's, no, I think the Mark 85 is going to be something uh, to behold. Hmm. What do you have any predictions on Nebula? And I say that because obviously if you've read the Infinity Gauntlet, she eventually she she's it. a very yeah. different nebula in the comics than she is in, mm-hmm. in um, the movie, but she actually takes the gauntlet from Thanos. He takes it off, she takes it, puts it on, and she becomes the all powerful. Do you think? I mean, she's been a villain many times uh, up to this point. Um, do you think? She, do you think they're going to pay a nod to that? Is she going to get think it? There's a or, or will there be a turn? It? Will she turn at some point on everybody? You See, know? I don't think so because if you look at Nebula's arc. Since Guardians Volume 1, obviously in the Volume 2, and then even with Infinity War, it's been one of redemption for her. She went from this, this heartless person to forging a relationship with Gamora to actually her and Gamora truly caring about each other by Infinity War. Like, literally, she was willing to sacrifice herself to keep Gamora secret about the Soul Stone. Um, now, Gamora, she, like, she obviously went after Thanos because she knew what knew what Thanos did to her sister, right? That was part of her, 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 again, her redemption path. I don't think she turns evil. I do think they might do a slight nod towards her potentially putting on the gauntlet, but I think ultimately, again, this is complete theory. I know nothing. I think she swapped places with Gamora because I think her sacrificing herself, like I almost feel like Gamora's uh, Nebula's had a full character arc at this point that they may not just outright kill her, but she may swap places with Gamora in the soul world. That way we get Gamora back to yeah, be a part that of the Guardians going into volume three. The, hmm. uh, the biggest thing for me with Nebula is that out of everyone that is still alive, she's the only one outside of Thanos that knew where the soul stone was. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. She knew. So she's an asset to recovering that stone, whether it's in a different timeline or in a different way or somewhere else, she's the one that can do it. And and to be clear on that one, because I know I had brought that up before and someone's arguing with me, she doesn't know, you know, Gamora just says she burnt it to ash, but she didn't know. But when Thanos is, is uh, torturing Nebula in that scene, Gamora then... Screams she shouts out, it out Vorm- yeah. she shouts it out Vormir so Nebula does know she absolutely knows where the soul stone is so yeah if they do wind up reality hopping or whatever it is they they do and they have to go retrieve the soul stone yeah she knows where it is I think it'd be cool to see Nebula now fight herself in like an alternate area yeah. like that yeah. would be a, a fun little like she she's she knows how bad she was <laughs> yeah so 
We'll, we'll see. Now, now I, I have a question for you guys. You know they're sitting on a cameo that we're not expecting. Like, like Red Skull was the one in Infinity War we didn't see mm. coming, right? You know there's going to be a character they're going to bring back from a previous film that's going to be out of left field. I'm curious what you guys think. And then after you say what you think, I'm going to tell you what I think mine is. What do you think? <sighs> I don't know, man. I mean, when we just watched, <laughs> when we just watched uh, Thor Ragnarok and we we're talking about Hela coming back. But see, I don't, yeah. I don't see her having a turn. You know, like for her to come back, I don't think she would come back as a villain. You know, I mean, and, and it just wouldn't make sense for me or to her to have her not be a villain, right? She has to be a villain. I, I just couldn't see her being, although, like I think you mentioned when we were talking about it before, again, if you read the comics, the whole point of Thanos really doing what he does in the comics is he wants to impress Lady Death. So she mm-hmm. would be that perfect one that maybe he becomes smitten with her if she does appear in it. Um, but I don't know. Like, could Odin make an appearance at some point, even if it's somewhat of a a, a vision to uh, to Thor, maybe somehow, or I don't know. I, I definitely think he's a possibility for sure. Yeah. I think he might be one that I, I would think that they could possibly pull in. I don't know what his role would be at all, other than just inspire Thor even more, kind of like he did in Ragnarok, to tell him like, you know, you're you're not the god of hammers. Like, if there's another <laughs> way to even empower him even more, that I could see him doing something like that. But what do you guys Lion is the ancient one. Uh, I think she'll show up at some mm. point to be the path to the, the time stone. We'll see. What do you think of new characters showing up? Oh, what, we don't what, know what about Paris? Paris, what, what is yours? <laughs> oh, right, right, right. My, yeah, mine, because I don't think anyone will see this coming. And I don't know in what capacity... But I think Obadiah Stane, oh. <laughs> the very first villain we got in the MCU, comes back in some form. Because I think Stark potentially could have to revisit an event from the first Iron Man. And Obadiah Stane would be there. Hmm. That, that, that's my surprise. I, again, I don't know what in what capacity, but I agree with you guys. Like the Ancient One, Odin, those to me seems like definite ones. I mean, there's already been the rumor out there that we're going to see a couple different versions of Howard Stark that shows up. But I think an Obadiah Stane coming back and maybe not even coming back as a villain because, you know, at, at, at you know, he obviously was a confidant of Tony Stark at one point. Maybe this Stark knows that he's ultimately a villain, but has to lean on him for a bit of information that only he would know or something. I don't know. But that, that that's going to be my out of left field cameo that no one's going to see coming. Hmm. What? Yeah. Like, what do you, what do you think, Mark? Is there, what do we think we see new character? Well, like a new character. I mean, do, you, do we think we're, are we going to get Adam Warlock in this movie? I mean, they teased it in this phase, you know, in this whole thing. I mean, that's a hard cast to, yeah. To, I mean, I don't know. To do like, on the sly, <laughs> I would say, but you never know. Yeah. I mean, there's got to be somebody, I think, that's going to be um, introduced. Actually, we didn't even talk about Hawkeye. What do you think Hawkeye's role in this whole thing is going to be? I mean, I remember when we talked about yeah, him yeah. before we were saying how he's almost, and his wife even tells him, like, you just you need to be a part of the team because he's kind of the heart and soul of the Avengers. But in reality, like, what could he really do against Thanos? You know, I don't want to say that he's a no, but I mean, really, he's just as capable as Black Widow, essentially, if you think about it, because what can she really sure. do, right? Uh, but I we mean, got to see her fight. He's Wakanda taken on vision before. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, when he, that's right. When he broke her out, 
Um, but I'm interested to see what his role is. I mean, obviously, with Scott Lang coming in, we kind of know his role of, of introducing the quantum realm and kind of bringing all that. What What is Hawkeye bringing to the table? You know, do you guys have any thoughts on that? I mean, we obviously know he's going to do the Ronin thing. Um, he's probably going to have a big edge to him. Yeah, I, again, I know, know nothing, so it's, it's great that the, I have no nothing. I don't know. I think he's what kind of brings them together before. Like we talked about before, he he is what kind of weirdly keeps the Avengers together. And uh, I think you could see that happen a little bit more in Endgame, where hmm. he's just kind of like the rally, like he keeps everyone going when it's like tough. Yeah. Do you think we'll get I mean, Korg and Meek? In this movie, I hope so. Did we? Has it been confirmed that they got off the ship? Right. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. survived the snap with, with Valkyrie. Uh, I hope. Hey, I mean, I think they got to be like, hey man, oh look at over there, it's Thanos. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that would be good. I love Cord. Yeah. Who else? I'm trying to think. Like, who else? You know, ha- have we not seen? I mean. Uh, I don't know who. On well, this, this one, this either. one got spoiled by the actor a little bit, but uh, the actor that played uh, Crossbones has hinted at him being an Endgame in some form. Which, again, if they're going back in the past, that wouldn't surprise yeah, me. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. So yeah, if they do Show go back, to, which, shield. You know what? That that might be a good point too, especially with the teaser, I guess, if you want to call it a trailer they put out today, saying ten more days, and they showed every title of every movie. And, you know, for many people, you look at that and say, oh, they're just kind of pointing out that these are all the movies that led up to Endgame. Or is it just to remind you that every single one of these movies were there and you may remember certain scenes that you may see in in Endgame when they go back to the past to those movies? Like people may see The Incredible Hulk, whom a lot of people don't always equate The Incredible Hulk as an MCU movie, right? Because that was a very gray area time, those early days. Mm -hmm. But to say, no, that was one of the MCU movies, and that's why you're going back to this moment in that movie. Even though, of course, it's not, you know, Edward Norton, but there could be a moment in that movie. You know, when he's fighting, um, uh, who is it in that movie at the very end? What's his name? The villain. Uh, Oh, um, Doomsday. uh, Yeah, Abomination. Abomination, Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, maybe, maybe we see Abomination show up because they go back to that moment. For whatever reason, they're there doing something i don't know it's just gonna be it's oh guys we are days away people listening to this like i said you are hours away from seeing the movie oh man anything else you guys want to throw out here my my thing is simple because i had even tweeted it out today because you know the russos had put out about hey let's not spoil the movie for anyone and I, i was just saying everyone out there just be kind to to nerds like me who (laughs) have been waiting 11 years for this moment. I mean, we have been building up to this moment to where we are right now, where we're going to get the culminate. Was it 22 films by yep, the end? 22. And I, I'm convinced this is never happening again. Not in my lifetime anyways. I don't think Marvel will ever be able to replicate what they were able to do with this MCU because the fact that they were able to get Favreau in the time they did that had the idea to do Iron Man with the genius casting of Robert Downey Jr., if you go back in time to 2007 when it first got announced, everyone was like, Robert Downey Jr. sounds great, but man, that guy had a lot of issues, right? And to see where this whole thing has blossomed into to this point now, and not to mention how far technology has come Mm -hmm. in the past decade that they're able to pull this off. 
and it looks real. It feels real. You're invested in these characters and the story and dude, we're all going to cry. We're all going to cry. <laughs> in the end. I, I already know it. You know what's and, funny? And, 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 I'm, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, you say we'll never see this again, but I think it's like, I don't even think they'll even need to try to even replicate this again. No. And I say that because now the groundwork is set. So yep. when we go into the Disney Plus app, which we know we're going to get, we're going to get these shows, and it's the MCU shows. It's the characters from the movies. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you'll have a show be on television, and they recast the character. Like right now, you know, Gotham's on TV. Right. That's not the same Joker. You know, that's not the same They're characters great. that are in there. This a is great everything. great representation. Even, yeah. Is like S.H.I.E.L.D., like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., or the other small shows like Daredevil, Jessica Jones, they have no impact or have had no impact. Yeah. But going forward, this is a whole new world. They of, will. Yeah. They will have Even the happen. animated shows, they're getting the voice actors. Like the What If series that's going to be on there on the Disney app where it's going to be an animated thing of what if, you know, if you remember those comic books, it would be like, what if Daredevil killed the Punisher or whatever. I remember that was a, an issue that I actually had. But I think they said they're going to be what ifs of the MCU. So the it's going to be what like if they what they threw out was if uh, Peggy took the Super Soldier serum. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, Howard Stark creates a suit for Steve oh, to crazy. wear. Yes, I think that's that was the, it, that was dude, the one it's going to be the same actors doing the voicing, yep. they said. So yeah, everything yeah. is just going to be consistent. So it's like the MCU now is set. We have these characters. We have these actors. It's... It, the sky's the limit, and I mean the beauty. Part, the beauty is, you know, at, sure, Endgame is kind of the send off for this original big epic phase, but it's also the entrance. I think where you know it's like, all right, we're here, we did it, and we're just gonna keep moving forward and just everybody bathe in the MCU <laughs> glory that we've we've put out to you, and we're gonna continue to put out to you. Um, I can't wait to see where it all goes, guys. I really, yeah, I but really can't. I. But like my message to anyone listening to this, when you walk into that theater to go to go see Endgame, savor that moment, mm-hmm. cherish that moment, because like like I said, like I, I agree with you, Mark. The groundwork's being laid. You're going to be move move forward, and we're going to see different stories, and you're going to be able to try new and unique things. But of this way of storytelling, of this format, yeah. of this serialized cinematic universe that they've created, this was the first time that it worked. We've we've even seen competitors come along the way over the years and they failed epically. But mm. this one worked. And like yeah. I said, we've now gone through every movie that's been in this MCU. Some have been amazing. Some have been so so. You know, there have been a few ends eh, in there as well. But the overall story has been amazing. It's been an amazing ride the past 11 years. Like like I, I've said before, one of my children wasn't even born yet when this whole thing started. My <laughs> son was only a couple years old. You know what I mean? My, mm-hmm. my oldest daughter, you know, doesn't even remember seeing the first Iron Man. Cause she was like, what was she like six years old or something like that when it came out. But I'm taking two of the three with me to go see it opening night. And we're all going to be excited. And it's just, like I said, it's, it's moments like this that we're not going to get again. And, and I know this is a way tangent off of what we're talking about, but I don't know if you saw on Twitter, there was the guy that this lady was shaming for I his love that, yeah. of, the, of the Star Wars trailer. Yep. And I didn't say anything because I'm not getting involved in that. But I'm that guy. I am <laughs> so yeah. that guy. Yep. And I don't care. I, I truly love this universe they created. I'm truly – look, my wife laughs at me. I don't care. Right? But 
I will I will have the biggest grin on my face sitting down in that theater Thursday night to go see it. And I guarantee you when the credits roll, that that grin will turn into a frown and just a tear coming down and going, <laughs> this is amazing. I got to go see it again. You got to see it you again. Yeah. yeah. And you mentioned like, I think we, I don't know if it was this episode or maybe the last episode, we were talking about how it's an event. You know, this yeah, is something... It is. It, it honestly, like, really has never truly been attempted on this scale. I mean, this is just, you know, a lot of a lot of people try to compare this to Star Wars, and obviously, you know, Star Wars is epic in its own right, and and I think it has many more mysteries. I think, and to me, that's why the two are different. Like Star Wars, there always still there's always more questions than answers. Where this has been kind of more directed up until we've gotten to Infinity War and Endgame. Now, right, this is where the, yeah. the it finally hit. Like. Man, we have so many questions with with, with uh, how this is going to play out. But this is it. Like this is the end. This is the culmination of everything. This is an event that you will remember for years. And like Paris, you said, you're bringing your kids. I'm bringing my kids. I can just imagine my kids telling their kids, "Hey, I remember going to see Endgame in the theater. <laughs> I remember what that experience is." Just like people nowadays say. I remember in 1977 going to the movie theater to see Star Wars. Yeah. Or, or mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I wasn't necessarily alive at that point, but I can say I remember going to see Phantom Menace on opening night at midnight, episode one, when I was in high school. Sure. And that was just a moment, you know, to be there. Star Wars was back. This is one of those moments. And it's very rare in movies today that we get that, especially in this day and age with everything streaming and, you know, some people trying to stay home and not always go to the theaters. I love that people now feel that they have to go to the movies you guys remember like probably five or six years ago and everybody thought movies were just dying and they brought in 3d and they tried to have that be the big thing to bring people back to the theaters and now we're on the cusp of what might possibly be the first ever three billion dollar movie they're projecting this to be possibly a billion in just that opening week it's pre-sales were more than infinity war black panther captain marvel shazam and Aquaman combined. That's bananas. Like Infinity War is in there. It's one of them. <laughs> and it sold more pre-sales than all of those combined. This is going to be, like I said, an event. It's like, it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge, man. Yeah, it is. And and I, I'll just say one last thing on this. Props to the Russo brothers who, when they came into the MCU, I just remember... First hearing about Captain America the Winter Soldier, eh, Captain America, whatever, you know, this is, I'm I'm waiting for the next thing. It, w- it wasn't even that I wasn't even that excited for. It. And I remember with my son, Trey, we last minute said, eh, let's just go opening night. Like it wasn't an exciting thing for me to go do. And I remember walking out of that theater blown away. And then you go into what they did with Civil War yep. again. I'm like, I just remember the airport scene. Oh my God, they pulled it off. They were able to get all these heroes on screen and they pulled it off. Mm -hmm. And then they went from that epic moment and brought it all the way down to a personal level between Tony and Cap. And it made sense. Then we get to Infinity War, everything we just talked about with the snap. Dude, I I, I go into Mm -hmm. Endgame with the fullest of confidence that they're going to end this in such an epic way that's going to be fitting for these characters and yep. more than anything that's what has me so excited over three hours what was it three hours and two minutes three hours and two minutes. two minutes yep yeah you know it's funny they're actually losing money because of that because i saw yeah, they, they can't, can't show it as many times yeah they can't yeah. show it as, as many yep. times so they're not gonna make as much money as they potentially could even if it was two hours and 45 minutes here here's a, a question what do you think 
the Stan Lee, not necessarily his appearance in the film, but in Captain Marvel, of course, the Marvel Studios role in the beginning. Or do you think they're going to just roll that again? Or do you think there will be something else paying homage to Stan Lee in this? Um, you know, it's, it's funny. This is probably the movie they have to do it, but I would rather it be Spider-Man because he doesn't have an appearance True. in that one. Yeah. But I think this is the bigger movie. This is the one that will have the more eyeballs on it. So this is probably the the big tribute to yeah. him. And I th- I don't think it'll be the same I as it I was for I think I saw something the other day that the Russos might be directing a, like a uh, like a documentary about his yeah. life. I think oh, I'd that'd seen be cool. that too. Yeah. And uh, there was also the interview with Entertainment Weekly with like the original six and Kevin Feige. And he said that they have b-roll from every single wow one he's every single appearance he's ever done like yeah. they've got extra footage of every single time he was on set that's awesome every single appear like appearance for cameos he's ever done so they've got plenty of behind the scenes stan uh content you just brought up something really cool they could potentially do then if again, if they are going back to previous movies and yes. you know different realities, <laughs> you take that B roll of Stan Stan Lee doing alternate alternate <laughs> alternate takes. Man, that would be that's how you do it, and he's in it. Like every time they go to the past, he's somewhere he's within. Oh wow, that would be amazing. Wow, yeah, crazy. Something to think about. You know, I want them to do a biopic on Stan Lee and have Brian Cranston play Stan Lee. Never yeah. thought of oh, Brian he, Cranston as Stanley. Would you just look off. at Brian Cranston if he kind of grew the hair out, put the shades on, had the stash? He is Stanley. That would be <laughs> yep. amazing. I want that to happen. Please make it happen, Disney. All right. Well, boys, we are over an hour here on this one. We are an hour and ten minutes. We have done it. Wow. We have gone through <laughs> all of the twenty-one movies in the MCU, and we are now here. So the next You're time in you the hear end game, our, Mark. yes, we are in the end game. We are in the end game. When you hear our voices here in this podcast again, we will have seen Endgame, and I hope each and every one of you have seen Endgame as well. Again, our next episode will be the giant spoiler cast, and we'll tell you kind of, it'll I guess, also our... be three hours and 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it'll be longer than the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we will tell you, I think, kind of our plans moving forward. I, we, we haven't really talked too much off the air about it, but we'll, we'll let you know. I, know. I know we do plan at least whenever the movies do come out. So like Spider-Man, we will, of course, be doing a new episode. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that on the next episode. So uh, any final words you guys want to throw out to the audience? One last thing. If Cap wields Mjolnir and says Avengers Assemble, I might pass out in the theater. I'm, I'm just going to put that out there right now. <laughs> look for that I, I headline. Have no look idea. for that headline yeah. Friday morning. <laughs> <laughs> Middle-aged man theater. passes out in the game. <laughs> wow, but... All right, everybody. Well, thank you for coming along on this journey with us. We got one more after this, and uh, we hope you all enjoy the movie. And like we said, try to stay clear of everything out there. Be respectful to people in the theaters. When you see people coming down, one thing I will tell you, when you see people, like if you're waiting in line, because I'm sure that you're going to have to wait in line to get into your theater, and you see a crowd of people coming out, personally, I always turn and look away. Don't make eye contact. This is a little, uh, little tip. And a lot of times, I actually even plug my ear sometimes. I don't know if you guys have done that. I've done that at Star Wars movies because I was like, I don't want to know a word. Because I remember after seeing Force Awakens, there were people that were, you know, I went like for my second and third time to see it. There were people walking out just shouting like, spoiler alert, 
Han Solo dies, Han Solo dies, you know, and it's like, come on, like, don't ruin that for people. So yeah. just be weary in the theater, even though you may make it to that point and you're free on social media, still be careful, because that's, you know, just one of those things you don't want to have spoiled for you, so. For uh, sure. All right, everybody, well, thank you here, and with that, we'll catch you next episode. Yeah.